Okay, Liz, you have an intro for us today, or uh, did you come prepared, or are you going to improvise? Going to improv. Oh, those are always great, <laughs> Louis. Be professional. Yeah, we have a guest. <laughs> he has a company. God, you're making us look bad. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiot friends talk about movies. And today, we're going to talk about how... Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was about to do it. He was about we to do it. That one. Hello, cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiot friends talk about movies. And today, we're going to remember the glory of the wonderful Brendan Fraser. Um remember he sounded like he's dead no it's just that he's been practically blackballed by hollywood yeah <laughs> yeah i well, that's honestly that's because he was for a while because of some of the things he said and now it's like he's the nicest guy in the world and standing ovations and yeah mm-hmm. oh hey this is our uh, special guest jose say hi. Yeah. <laughs> he just started talking <laughs> say hi jose <laughs> It was like, who's the fourth member? He's he's just he made himself right at home. Isaiah, you're out. <laughs> oh, yeah. This right, is uh, our intervention. You're you're out of the club. Has my Twitter? Has my tweets just been too much? Yes, you got us. You almost got us banned off Twitter off your first tweet. <laughs> hey, man, joke was worth it. What can I say? Yeah, it's always worth anyways. It. <laughs> uh, so um, okay. So speaking of Brandon Fraser, um, let's uh, let's jump into our new segments this week in Hollywood. Thank you. You have such a newscaster voice. Thanks. Oh, I ordered. I bought a, a nice mic, Jose, and it was supposed to come in today, and obviously it didn't. And I'm very, I'm very fucking sad about it because I really wanted it. Oh, let me know when you get the mic and I'll come back because I can't work like this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unprepared, unprofessional. Yeah, that's this whole podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Aw. Chaos is Hell the yeah, brother. Isaiah, go ahead. Start us off. All right. So this week in Hollywood, Brendan Fraser, the be- man best known for his role in The, uh, the Mummy, is now starring in a psychological drama called The Whale, directed by Darren Aronofsky. While making its world premiere at the Venice International Film Festival, The Whale was celebrated with a six-minute standing ovation for our leading man. Uh, he started to break down and cry in, pre- in appreciation for the standing ovation. Uh, many have deemed The Whale's that Fraser role is going to be in as a comeback for the actor. The psychological thriller will be hitting theaters December 9th. If you want to go check it out. On to you, Beth. Oh. <laughs> Back to you, Beth. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, Venice International Film Festival... Uh, Don't Worry Darling, which is a movie directed by Olivia Wilde, starring Florence Pugh and for some reason Harry Styles, is currently receiving a lot of spotlight due to a rumor being spread across the internet. Now, this film has been getting a lot of backlash lately, um, but the main issue right now is that fans believe there is a feud between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. Um, But Wilde stated during one of the press tours that, quote, Florence is a force. We are so grateful that she is able to make it tonight despite being in production. As for all of the endless tabloid gossip and noise out there, the internet feeds itself. I don't feel I need to contribute to it. End quote. The movie is set to premiere on September 23rd of this year, and I, for one, am super excited for it, and I'm just ignoring the gossip. Um, in honor of Disney Plus Day, which Ugh. is 
Thursday, September 8th, classic Star Wars, Marvel, and Disney animated movies are returning to theaters. AMC Theaters has revealed that Cars, Rogue One, Thor Ragnarok, and Kanto, and Newsies are all returning to theaters. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. It's the news theater. It's the it's the news. Anger voice. It's great. <laughs> and newsies. And newsies. The films will play in select AMC theaters from September eighth to September nineteenth. So now is your chance to go see some of your favorite Disney movies in theaters again. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that one's from Isaiah. Anyway. Tickets are only $5, and audiences can get a free poster. In addition, Disney Plus subscribers will have access to a fountain drink and cameo-sized popcorn combo for an additional $5. Actors Sean Penn and Ben Stiller have now been permanently banned from Russia due to their outspoken support for Ukraine during the ongoing invasion. Two actors now among a, a list of about 25 new names to be banned from Russia by the Russian Foreign Ministry, which is okay. <laughs> I don't I have no I have no comment. Great comment. Great comment. Great comment. No comment. What are you talking about? Oh my god. So, getting ready for the spooky season cuz so are we. Hulu has released its first pictures of the upcoming reboot of Hellraiser featuring actress Jamie Clayton as Pinhead. The movie is directed by David Bruckner and is set to be a completely reimagined version of the film and not a remake. Uh, as it debut, debuts the first female version of the character Pinhead. Uh, the film is scheduled to release on October 7th of this year, and it might just be a perfect way to kick off the season of Halloween. I think I'm more excited for Hocus Pocus too, but... Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> for sure you're tired of hearing us talk about Top Gun Maverick, because I'm sure as hell I am. But this <laughs> is newsworthy of sharing. Top Gun Maverick has officially become the fifth highest grossing domestic film ever. The movie has grossed over $701 million in domestic, domestic box office sales and $740 million and $400,000 in international receipts for a cumulative total of over $1.44 billion. Jesus. Anyways, that concludes this week in Hollywood. Uh, you can find all of our sources cited on our Discord in the Sources channel. Now <laughs> is the moment we've all been waiting for. Isaiah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience on Cinema Day that was technically like a week ago, because this comes out on the 12th. So tell us about it. Well, here down live, well, not live, but reporting <laughs> from your local movie theater that I happen to work at and, you know, uh, was working at for um, National Cinema Day. Uh, it was hell. And let me tell you why. Um we're just going to go through the big the, the, the stories that I had written down from when I walked oh, out of the Oh, he wrote them. Oh, this is great. So, so, wait, wait, before you continue, picture it. Sicily, Sicily, <laughs> <laughs> It was collectively, all of my coworkers all collectively agree this was a shared trauma that we will never like to go through again due to the fact that it was basically Christmas. And if you don't know, Christmas is the busiest day for every movie theater. Every single movie sells out. It doesn't matter what it is. That is crazy to me. Every single person, every manager, every person uh, that works in the building will have a shift that day. <laughs> you will be going. That's horrible. Right? And so imagine that. That was that was National Cinema Day, except we only had half the crew and only two managers. Oh, my God. Oh boy. All right. So we were massively understaffed. It was not fun. That is horrible. Yeah. How long was your shift? 
my shift was well it was felt longer but it was about eight hours <laughs> but it, it felt like sicily 1943 it's, i don't know about that there was just too many children all right for some reason there was just so many kids now even even like a lot of the customers were like why are there so many kids we didn't understand it it's probably because it was three dollars and everybody got their allowance and they're like hey we're just gonna drop our kids off that's it get rid of the children exactly was it worse than the uh the Gru movie it wasn't for the Gru movie <laughs> the minions the minions isn't even in theaters <laughs> no 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 i mean oh, was it worse wow. than that was it worse than that like with the kids it was definitely up? worse than that okay. oh, it was it was 10 times worse than that I'd rather wow. have that. <laughs> wow. The, it was so sad. We felt bad. Everybody felt bad for the crew and the managers because there was only two of them and one left halfway through the door. I mean, through the day. Halfway through the door. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just absolute madness all freaking night. Oh, and then it happens. We have an issue. This guy comes up to me, goes, hey, there's some people sitting in my seat. And I'm like, what movie are you trying to see? He's like, oh, I'm trying to see uh, The Invitation. And I'm like, what theater is it? He's a like, theater eight. And I was like, but Invitation's in theater nine. Turns out, last night, one of the managers had switched the showings, but not the theater, so everybody oh, was going God. to the invitation, no. when in fact, it was actually Top Gun Maverick, and so they sold the seats, and they were overlapping. God bless. <laughs> so I was... That's awful. Yeah, so I had a bunch of people in the invitation that needed to be in Top Gun, and a bunch of people in Top Gun that needed to be in the invitation, and the problem was that they're two different sized theaters, so there was extra seats in Top Gun... And so the people that needed to switch didn't have seats. So I had to do a bunch of refunds and a bunch of passes and it was a mess. My and bad. so it was just constant chaos throughout the whole night. And in fact, it was so bad. Not even just our location had issues. It was pretty much all across the country that had issues. There was not enough staff to handle any of the crowd. They it's like they, Black Friday. It was. It was Black Friday, half the crew. It did not work. And so it was quite hellish and um there was more but there's on stuff i can't say so now there is one thing you forgot to mention that was the one i was hoping you'd talk about was the popcorn oh right yeah so um it happened the next day but yeah that weekend uh the manager we have a the popcorn machine is made of like has glass doors well plexiglass doors and he just happened to shut it a little too hard, and so the glass shattered. And so there's glass and popcorn all over the popcorn. <laughs> i didn't know the glass shattered i just thought it broke Oh, no, he just he closed the door really fast and it just apparently shattered. And so there was glass and popcorn all up in the popper. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? He broke plexiglass doors. That's incredible. <laughs> That's impressive. But yeah, that there was there was probably a bunch of other stuff that happened. Um, But that is uh my story right now. Um, But yeah, National Cinema Day was an absolute disaster. Um, I hope we get more people ne for next year because they're definitely going to do it next year. because They made a whole lot of money was this like the first national cinema day ever mm -hmm. oh yes it was the very first time they ever did it <laughs> you know, i tried using the app but it wasn't working yeah there was so much traffic on the, the, the even the registers because the registers are on the same network as the as the apps and the websites because they all have to exist they have to like talk to each other to be like hey these seats are taken that everything mm -hmm. was just slowing down so even the registers were slowing down and like loading forever <laughs> so it didn't help oh wow God bless. I'm glad you made it out alive, Isaiah. That's all that matters. Yeah, all of our. I want to throw like a party, not a party, but like give a little gift basket or something to all the people that worked that day. Because my God, we were. Uh, it was not fun. Um, shout out real quick to all of my coworkers that worked that day. You know who you are. Thank you. You made life bearable <laughs> that night. <laughs> we all collectively were like, hell no, this is hell. Aw, shout out, shout out, shout out. Well, Lewis, yes. what, what, what do you got for us today for your for your drink? I need one now. 
Yeah, give us a drink. Welcome to Big Lou's Big Brews. Today, we're we're going to talk about our Blackbeard cocktail. Ooh, that's like Jose. Yep, there you go. Yeah, you guys have a lot in common. You're both bald and you have great (laughs) beards. (laughs) Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) Thank you, Beth. Mm, Of course, anytime. Thank you, thank you. Um, Anyway, so I have two versions of this drink. Uh, The first one seems like a very fancy cocktail. It's the creation of a Daniel Yoon, a bartender at PDT back in 2008. I've never heard of this first ingredient, but it's called Aquavit. Aquavit and pineapple juice have always had a strange, beautiful friendship. Blackberries added to the mix makes for an oddly wonderful triad. The drink is poured unstrained into the glass, blackberry guts and all. Mm. It's then topped with crushed ice, which forms a sort of lid over the berry matter, keeping it over, keeping it from coming out of your mouth as you sip. Simple cube ice won't have this effect. If that's what you have, you might prefer to double strain the drink instead of drinking chunks of berry with each mouthful. It sounds like I'm drinking a strawberry lemonade from Starbucks. (laughs) All right, so our ingredients are going to start with four whole blackberries. Four. Uh, we have 1.5 ounces of gin. Okay. 0.75 ounces of aquavit. Whatever that is. <laughs> 0.75 ounces of pineapple juice. Whatever that is. <laughs> what do you mean, whatever that is? I don't know. I'm just being. I'm just being a jerk. Tomfoolery. Continue. Um, half an ounce of lime juice. Half an ounce of agave nectar, which could also just be simple syrup. Mm. Um, Your instructions are as follows. You're going to muddle the blackberries in a shaker. You're going to add your remaining ingredients, top it with ice, and shake vigorously. Pour this drink unstrained if you have crushed or pebble ice, so that good ice from like Chick-fil-A or or Wawa, or (laughs) you're going to double strain it if you don't have the good ice into a short glass. Top it with more ice, crushed or pebble preferably, and garnish with fresh mint and some blackberry. Mm. Um, let's see. I since I happened to check what aquavit was while I was talking, it is a Scandinavian spirit that is distilled from grain and potatoes and flavored with herbs. So it's like a vodka. No, it's more like a, a gin? gin, but like a baby gin. Baby gin. <laughs> baby gin. Yeah, because it's not like as strong. Yeah. Okay. So it's more like a flavor, flavor one, um, like a liqueur. Anyway, um, I'm going to give this a personal rating of a four because I actually very much love blackberry drinks mm-hmm. and gin. This one has a special take with the gin uh, that would just give me a new a newfound understanding of my love for gin uh, as it is one of my least explored liquors. I would have to agree on that. I also haven't really had a chance to try different gin drinks and I'm open to it, but I just have not really had the opportunity to do so. Jose? No, it, it sounds intriguing for sure. I do enjoy gin. Um, right now I have a bottle of the botanist that I've been getting into and that's good. Mm. Um, choice, good choice. Yeah, but you know, a, a nice cocktail like that sounds good. I'd probably give it obviously without having it probably like a seven or an eight, I think. We go up to five here. One to five? Okay, so then I would yeah, give I don't that know why. We just did it. And we've stuck with it. Hey, hey, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Um, I'll give it a three. 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 Okay. Straight that's mid. Right, then. Okay. Very much equivalent. Straight mid. Okay. 
<laughs> Jose will never say that. He won't stoop to our level. No. <laughs> than us, let's be honest. And that's the thing. I'm more of a I'm more of a bourbon drinker. So mm. uh, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's a very Jose thing to say. Respectable, mm-hmm. Isaiah. So you said, wait, so you said Aquavit is basically like a baby gin. <laughs> Almost. So we have one and a half parts gin, and then three fourths more gin of baby gin. Essentially, I give it a four out of five. I like to try this. This this sounds very nice. It's refreshing. I like agave, by the way, too. So <laughs> yeah, that's a nice. I like that idea of having the agave in it more than the simple syrup, like you suggested. I mean, agave is just simple syrup, but it is an agave usually more like flavored, whereas simple syrup is more of just like sugar water. Yeah, I mean, it's it's agave has more of like this a sweet flavor to it because it comes from from a plant rather than like just distilling water with sugar. Mm-hmm. So. It sounds refreshing and it looks pretty. And like I said, I haven't really tried a lot of gin. So this sounds like a, a great uh, stepping stone, I guess, would be the word. Today, we're going to have a fun with a second version of a Blackbeard. Um, this one, it was thought to have originated in Stirling, Scotland during the late 1990s. Take two ounces of Bacardi Carta Blanca light rum. Oh, Pour it into a pint glass. You top that off with half a pint of stout beer. Most likely, okay. most likely Guinness. Oh, hell no. And then you top that off with a little bit of Coke or Pepsi. Oh, what the oh, only fuck? Only it. Wow. You lost me on that one. <laughs> you said you lost me. I think we all collectively just agreed at this very moment that that's a one out of five. <laughs> I don't know. I would try this. Oh, Lou. Lewis. Oh no. <laughs> no, it was good with the rum, but we're gonna we're gonna give it uh uh okay, so you guys are gonna collectively give it a one. I'm gonna give it a two. <laughs> just because I would I would try it. Oh I'll just to see try what happens. it, but I'm not gonna like it. I'm not gonna try it. I don't even I don't like any of the ingredients you mentioned. Well I love Guinness. Coke, that's, I mean. co- that's extra that's literally uh extra hard coke. <laughs> oh wait, I do like coke, so okay, I like one out of three ingredients. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a that's a hard pass for me. You said a pint of rum. It's a, it's no, it's two ounces of rum, oh. half a pint of beer. <laughs> oh my god! That makes the, oh my god, that'd be that, if that was the case, I would be like, yeah, fuck it, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink it. Moving on. Moving yes, on. thank you, Jose. Uh, <laughs> thank you for coming to Big Lou's Big Brews today. Yeah. That's all our time. Now we go to Beth's best part of the day. Yes. I have a great I have a great game for today. Uh now last last episode we did um <laughs> guess the pirate sling where we found out what cackle fruit is. <laughs> Do you know what cackle fruit is, Jose? No. Cockle. It's an egg. No? I'll Google. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyways, no, I- um yeah, I guess Pirates used to call it a uh, an egg, a cackle fruit, because um, of the way that was the noise that like a chicken would make. Yeah, when yeah, it the like, ah! Thank you, thank you for the reenactment, Lewis. You're welcome. Um, so we're gonna do something similar today. Um, this would probably be a little bit easier. Uh, we are going to guess what part of the ship this word is. So oh, I will. No. <laughs> yes, I will. I I obviously took out the ones that I I figured people would know like where's the poop deck deck. deck. (laughs) sure of course you guys would say poop deck um (laughs) so i have three um and yeah you guys are gonna just guess what part of the ship 
I'm describing or ex- is saying whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm not good at, I'm never good at explaining what I'm, what my games are. If you haven't noticed. So the first word is bilge. It's the bottom of the boat. You say the bottom of the boat? Yeah. The hole. The hole. The hole. Okay. Isaiah. The whole boat. <laughs> no. What's um, your guess? Damn. Jose's got a good joke. I mean, Jose's got a good, uh, choice there um i want to say the not uh, it's the part it's a part on the mass i want to say it's like somewhere on the mass like you know you can all you can pick the same answer if you if you agree with not not that part i'm talking about like somewhere like if there's different sections of the giant pole the bulge would be like the bottom of the said pole (laughs) (laughs) i think i was saying that i both yeah i know we're on the same page (laughs) i was like so where does the stripper go in this (laughs) sense Uh, Lewis, what is your guess? Um, I'm actually going to agree with Jose. I, I think it has something to do with like the bottom of the boat. Okay, but. so um, you guys are Jose and Lewis are pretty much correct. Uh-huh. It's the lowest part inside the ship. It's within the hull, actually yeah. itself. Um, yeah. It is the first place to show signs of leakage, and the bilge is often dank and musty, and considered the filthiest part of a ship. So one for three. Ding, ding, ding. Next question or next word is bow. You mean the you bow? Mean the bow. bow. <laughs> <laughs> I said that with so such confidence. You did too. <laughs> the bow. The bow. All right. Bo Burnham's in the back of the ship. That's my guess. Actually, I would say that Bo Burnham was in the front of the ship. Mm. Where do you think Bo Burnham is, Jose? The front of the boat. Ding, ding. Correct. It's the front of the ship. The bow is in the front. Next is, and the last, is starboard. 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 Right side of the boat. Okay. Isaiah, Lewis. I'm going to go with Jose's answer because he just said it was, what, right side of the bib? Uh, I'm going to guess. Yeah, we're all going to agree with Jose. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, Jose, why don't you, why don't you answer first? <laughs> like a group project in class. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> so everyone says it's the right side of the ship? Yes. Yep. Okay, you all can fuck off. You're right. <laughs> Give me a real fight. Um, that's all I have. I don't. I don't have any other ones written down. Fuck. Um, Isaiah, mm-hmm. dig me out of this hole. What kind of facts you got? Yeah, we got a lot of facts today. Anything about oh. the parts of the ship by any chance? Nope. <laughs> Sorry, you can't resume that one. Just the stripper part. It's the stripper. <laughs> Our good old stripper pole. Right behind, right. right below the hose nest. I mean, the crow's nest. Sorry. <laughs> so, like our last movie, this one also started and it didn't have a finished script while they started when they started filming. Um, really, I had no idea. Sao Fang's uh, map, which is a big thing in the in the movie, if you've seen it, mm-hmm. uh, is design is meticulously designed, and uh, when they're moving the rings on it. They're actually made of brass rings, and it was kind of it was pretty thick uh, in order to for the map to be moved because of the humid climate. Because if they made it out of actual paper, it would have warped, and the tumblers would not have been able to move, and so they would have been stuck. Also, the designer who uh, made uh, who was working on the map, he there's some like blood splatter on the map. It's real blood because he cut he pricked his finger and just started like flicking it on there, and then he like dripped his blood on there and then just let it dry. <laughs> did he do that on purpose yes <laughs> oh okay 
I, guess I don't he was know saying, why I thought that would be a better answer than on accident. <laughs> <laughs> he's just very dedicated to his job, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Beth, last episode you had mentioned about how you like the design of JV Jones's crew and how like meticulously drawn yes. they are and how there's so much detail. So yes. uh, the guy you would like to thank, his name is Crash McCurry. Thanks, Crash. That's a great name. He is the creature designer who drew up the concept art for Davy Jones's crew and Davy Jones himself, and he's the one you would like to you get to thank for the crazy designs that are them. What's what? Apologies. What the fuck was that? No, my phone went off. I apologize. Your ringtone is people it screaming. It sounded like people no, being no, murdered. I, I opened something. Wow. He opened the basement and they started screaming. With- <laughs> <laughs> Guys, shut up and run a quarter podcast here. <laughs> um, now we're going to get into some weird ones. So the, the, to film the multiple jack sequence, which is what they termed it as, the, they called it the multiple jack sequence. Um, they had Johnny Depp go through multiple versions of his personality, of like uh, of Jack Sparrow's personality. And then just repeat the camera movements exactly the same. And then they overlap the footage in post. Multiple jacks. So did they have it? Oh my God. <laughs> did, did they have the camera set on a rig or did yeah. they actually? Okay. I was going to say, because if, if they did that by hand, that takes a lot of skill. Yeah, there was a multiple rigs. I, if you watch this, if you see behind the scenes, you can tell that the, the cinematographer was very bored because he was like there's nothing to do it's just doing the same sequence over and over again the camera's mm. on automatic he's like i got nothing to do that <laughs> works smarter and harder exactly but while they're filming it to kind of like be able to get johnny depp to able to respond basically to himself and having multiple him to respond to himself they would have an actor stand in for another johnny and then play his lines through a loudspeaker so that he was able to react to himself um, they also did this by overlaying the footage in real time. So they were able to watch like the take they just did in sequence with the other, uh, takes they did. So they see which one is kind of like how it's working well. And mm-hmm. as they gradually went through each take for a different shot, they would over, uh, they would kind of fade out the last guy and there'd be levels of transparency. The chick, so, uh, the crew out of all the multiple jacks that he got to do, the chicken Jack was obviously the, the favorite, the crew favorite. <laughs> um there was and to do some of the scenes they had 12 jack sparrows identically dressed at the same time on set now to film the tiny jacks that uh that are like in his hair when he was when he's talking to himself mm. they actually built humongous dreadlocks that mimic his hair and then they suspend him in the air and so he's just hanging there inside the hair these like giant versions. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask if that was because it looked kind of like it was just a ginormous dread block. And it was, was they apparently Gore Verbinski is a very is a very big proponent of having practical effects as much as possible and then fixing what you need in post. Amen. If, if it's possible. He's like, but shout he's out so, to Gore Verbinski. He, yeah, he's very adamant on making sure things are as practical as possible for relying on that, which is which is crazy too, because his background is actually in uh, CGI editing and stuff like that. He used to do that job. He was the person that used to do the CGI shots for movies. So it's <laughs> kind of ironic that he's you know the guy who would be like, yeah, I wanted to be as practical as possible. <laughs> he's yeah, trying that to is help, surprising. Trying to help his old friends out. 
Yeah. He's like, I understand the struggle. Yeah. This isn't Marvel. <laughs> so during the island meeting scene on the beach, when, you know, uh, <laughs> Davy Jones is in the little bucket. I, I find <laughs> that, made me so, that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. <laughs> so the guitar riff that plays as they, uh, the sweeping shot goes to establish the island is actually played by Gord Verbinski himself. Oh, really? Vic. Hmm. Yeah, Gorbinski is a good guitar player, and Hans Zimmer have worked together a lot, so they're very well aware of each other's skills. And so he was like, I have a rule for you. And he's like, what's up? And he had him do the guitar riff. You know, when I heard it, I was like, this kind of feels odd, like an odd choice. What, that it was music? out of place or something? Or hmm? Like it was out of place? Yeah, just because, like, compared to the rest of the soundtrack, it was just it felt weird to have a an electric guitar just playing because it felt very like the music felt very fitting to the era. And then there's just this guitar out of nowhere. But that is an interesting fact. I didn't know that he he was the one that actually played it. So to get the shot of the giant waterfalls at the edge of the world, producers collaborated with the Niagara Falls staff to hang a crane over the Horseshoe Falls to get a perfect view of the rushing water in order to then overlay a shot into the movie. Hmm. Um, Captain Teague's outfit is one of three identical outfits made from silk curtains captain who teague he's a uh, oh teague yeah he's uh keith keith Ed, what the hell is the guy keith richards <laughs> yes keith richards yeah the he plays captain teague the keeper of the code now the maelstrom scene were filmed in a huge warehouse about the size of a small city. And they were, so the ships were created, they were built, and then they were put on giant hydraulics and gimbals to move them around as if they were on inside like this, the maelstrom, like in the spinning uh, waves. The toilet bowl. Yes. <laughs> toilet bowl. The toilet bowl. Uh, each ship weighs about the same as a 747 airplane, which can weigh about between 152 to 220 tons. That's a lot of tons. That's a lot of tons. That's a ton of tons. Uh, and then the pearl itself required 1,000 gallons of oil a minute just to move it at a consistent speed. Jeez. What the fuck? And keep in mind, this scene took them three months to film. That's... I... I have mixed feelings about this. Oh, well, you're, yeah, okay. So, and then um, also to light the entire set, it took about 14,000 space lights, which are just their giant like uh, balloon lights that hang from the ceiling, nine 10K amp generators, and several miles worth of cables. And uh, one of the producers was quoted saying that this is probably the most light to light anything in, fil- in the film industry at this time. Hmm. You know, I want to give them credit for that because that's impressive. But at the same time, that's a waste of a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> After like reading all this, I have to give an appreciation to like the amount of effort that they went into to doing this because they totally could have said, screw it, we're just going to do entirely computer generated. But they straight up said, no, we're going to have actual people swinging from ropes to ships to ships, blowing stuff up, pouring rain on them for three months straight to get the shot so that the actors can feel like they're in it. And they did it all pretty much entirely practically. And I got to give them credit for that. And it's kind of like it's endearing to be like what they know what they're doing and that they were so dedicated to what they were doing and it's, i gotta give it to them the credits the credits do you know yeah, mm-hmm. it's impressive. and so for our last facts for tonight uh the entire company of industrial light and magic worked on the film at the same time the entire company was working on this movie at the exact same wow. time this is something that hadn't happened since return of the jedi that's 
Mm-hmm. Have do they did they have did they just have no other projects during that time yeah. or well yeah. the budget of this movie was about three hundred million dollars so okay. I'm gonna go with they just bought them yeah. all yeah <laughs> they just said guys we have about six because they spent a lot of their time on working on the last movie because they worked on a back to back so they mm-hmm. made so they had a lot of less time to work on the second movie on the CG on like all the CGI and there was significantly way more effect shots in the third movie than there were in the second. They probably just hired the entire damn company and said, Hey, you guys got no more projects. You're working on ours right now. Hmm. So, but yeah, those are all our facts for today. Nice. Those were good. I have a a fact. I don't know if you guys have uh, talked about it before, but did you ever notice like a, um, I don't know, like a skin blemish on Jack Sparrow's face? Yes. Mm -hmm. You did. Did you guys talk about it? No, Mm -mm. why? You know something about it? Well, over like through the course of all the movies, it got bigger and bigger because it was supposed to be um, syphilis. So, ah, yeah, no, I never noticed that. Yeah, it's on his right jaw. It's got it just started off small and then got bigger and bigger. And it's supposed to be that he had a, I mean, it was a joke, you know, in the (laughs) film, but. I always was wondering, yeah, because I I noticed that a lot in this lat in the lat in this film was that patch on his chin, and I was like, I I didn't know what it was supposed to be, and I noticed it in the film before, and I was like, I feel like it just keeps getting bigger, but I never put that together. There you go. That's interesting. Look at that. Look at that. Isaiah, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) So. You guys will remember that fact. Yes. Now I feel like I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Now um, we're on to our last segment. So we will start with our special guest, Jose. What did you think about something? He knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Um, What did you think of the film? What would you rate it? Anything? One through five are going to go all the way to ten. You know what? He's our special guest. Go all the way to ten. Fuck it. We'll translate it. (laughs) Fuck it. Mm -hmm. We'll convert it. You know, the conversion rates. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Inflation and all that. Um, (laughs) Inflation. (laughs) He's giving us the inflated rate. We're going to give you the actual rate. (laughs) Okay. You know, I I think it was just kind of with all the movies that I have seen with this whole Pirates of the Caribbean. They were fun and they were entertaining. And I, I had to like leave it at that and not go too deep and kind of critique it. Like, okay, like this is silly. Why did this happen? And so I think overall I would give it, oh gosh, on a scale of one to 10, I'm going to definitely give it at least an eight. Um, Isaiah, that's a 3.5 <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Beth. Thank you. For our Europeans, I, I, I don't know. I always enjoyed the ride when I was a kid, you know, so, mm-hmm. but they were fun. It, it was entertaining. Sure. Okay. Actually, Beth, Beth, that's a four. Okay. Lewis. I'm just <laughs> letting you know. I know. That's, you're probably, I know you're right. Uh, um, I whipped up my handy dandy calculator. <laughs> yeah. And there were some parts that I didn't, I didn't really like too much. And like with the um, we were talking about earlier with Rihanna, like whatever happened with that. Rihanna? <laughs> you mean Zoe Saldana? No, Naomi. What's her face? Naomi Harris. 
Yes. She was in here. Um, she Calypso. was she, Calypso or Tia, whatever you want to call her. Oh, yeah, that's that's her. Yeah, she turned into like the 50 foot woman and then a bunch of crabs. And then and that's then, it. Yeah. I didn't know that was the actress's name. <laughs> I just yeah, she yeah. turns into this huge toilet and then that's about it. And then she gets flushed and <laughs> we don't see her anymore. Yeah. So it's just little things like that. But like I said, it's a kids' movie, but it was fun. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Short, and sweet, and to the point. We need to learn to do that <laughs> with our. We go on for like 20 minutes. We go on and more. And there was some that it was just like, oh my gosh, what am I watching here? But then there was mm-hmm. stuff that was just kind of fun. You know, you, you see from the first one to now that the characters kind of developed from it. But Yeah. Grow up with it. I'm, I'm going to throw in, I meant to throw in this fact earlier when Isaiah said it because it reminded me of something. I didn't know how to pronounce the word maelstrom until I played cyberpunk. I will also give this movie a four out of five Um, of the first three. Actually, one of the ones, even though the rating may not be higher than the other two, uh, is actually one of my favorite ones. Okay, this is going to be interesting. No, it's purely for the the it's not for the story. It's more for like the action and the shots, Mm -hmm. you know, like in terms of a story, in terms of a story, the first one obviously beats everything. but actually going to that scene with Calypso being released and transforming into like a thousand crabs. <laughs> if I had one superpower. <laughs> if I had one superpower, I'd become a thousand, ten thousand crabs out of a 50-foot woman. Thank you. Um, and then the toilet. And then become a maelstrom. <laughs> the whole concept of Calypso and Davy Jones' relationship and the lead up to the fight and the maelstrom um, I actually really enjoyed that speaking to like the old legends of Davy Jones, um, poetry and stuff that I went over in like high school, Samuel Tyler Coleridge, the rhyme in the Mariner also has a story about Davy Jones. And, uh, I think that was actually one of the things that I really enjoyed as a concept for the story. Maybe that wasn't like fleshed out fully and it was only in short tidbits, but it was nice to know about like, you know, Davy Jones can only come to land every 10 fucking years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another version of the story that's similar to this. Um, he can come on shore for six months until he finds a woman who is willing to die for him to break the curse. Interesting. Um, and then I don't remember how much they discussed it in the in the film itself, but they were talking about how Davy Jones like he thought she cheated on her, so he killed her. Mm-hmm. You think that, it, that they stayed pretty accurate to the the story of of him? There's a lot of different versions of Davy Jones story. I want to say that as far as like making him a monster and making his ship, this first ship that, you know, can never truly port um, and travel and, you know, carry all these spirits to the other side um, was pretty nice. And then even the addition of the Kraken in the second one was interesting. But um, I think they stayed like the third film definitely stayed more to the original story of Davy Jones rather than like when he was first introduced in the second episode, um, the jar of dirt. Uh, not that it's actually like a, I don't want to call this a fact. So Jack's father, Captain Edward Teague is, uh, obviously inspired by Blackbeard. Um, and it's just slightly changing his name from Edward Peach Teague. Um, but also I just thought he was a very fun addition to the cast. Mm-hmm. 
um, and watching him shoot that random pirate when he's like, fuck the pirate code. Um, <laughs> yes, was, that's exactly was pretty, what he said. Yeah, was pretty funny. Pretty edgy. Yeah. Pretty edgy. <laughs> back when back when Disney was edgy. Yeah. But I have to be I, I'm actually impressed with it. they were kind of dark considering the opening scene where yes. all the people were getting you know hung and there's that little kid that has to stand on the barrel and then you know they drop him. It's like, geez, hey, all right. How do we open our movie? Oh, let's <laughs> hang a child. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. I want to be in that Disney executives meetings. <laughs> and just some of the funny like comic relief when um, Elizabeth Swan pulls like that huge shotgun thing or whatever it was from behind her. And she was taking all the, <laughs> the blunderbuss. <laughs> yeah, it's like, where, where, where did that come out of? You know, it's kind of a joke. Yeah. But then there was like one of the, um, the pirates during, um, I forget what they were, but, you know, they were all freezing pretty much having like going through mm. all that. He breaks off his big toe. I'm like. Yeah, that I remember that. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. All right. We're showing that. OK. Yeah. When they're trying to travel to, to Davy Jones locker, I think. Yeah. 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 That was just like right before. It was one funny scene was the, the teleco- telescope. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Comparing like Jack Sparrow's got the little one. He's like trying to stretch it out as far as he can compared <laughs> uh, to Barbosa's. So. Just funny, like just throwing like, up humor in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty nice. But it's like it, it's good because it's like it applies to both. Like children will find that funny because it's just funny. funny. It's like oh, he's yeah. trying to compete with him. But then as an yeah. adult, you're like ah, I see what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then he comes. Your, back, your girlfriend's name Wendy too. <laughs> oh God. Um, so wait, what'd you rate it, Isaiah? I didn't rate it. Yet. Yeah. I mean, Lois. I said four to five. So four same as five. I say. Okay. All right. Um, do you want to go next, Isaiah? Yeah, I got I got a few notes. Um, definitely the yeah, definitely the darkest. Here comes the. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get my book. <laughs> yeah. Um, Here just, comes the dissertation I, for his doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, so the movie's definitely got the darkest intro, like probably the darkest tone so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially just with that intro, that's freaking yeah. Let's just hang some children, you know. <laughs> um. Casually. However, I didn't like that this movie kept on with the theme of like sexual tones for no damn reason. Yet it just kept on going, and they just they need to stop because like what do you call it? Like the guy is straight <laughs> up like looking up her dress. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was rough. That was that was pretty cringy. I'm not gonna lie. South Hang is like, oh, then I'll like have your fury. He's, like basically, just yeah. almost rapes her out of nowhere. Like this is the second time she's been raped, like attempted, like a raped in this in this franchise. Like, come on, bro. Like, everybody gotta chill out. <laughs> and it's just weird and then um obviously the whole thing's about like uh you know this is weird sexual jokes about the women all the time and it's just i don't know it's just it really takes you out because you're like okay why because there's no reason for it it's it's just weird anyway mm-hmm. but um and then i the writing obviously you can it you can tell that the script was not finished when they were doing it which you know never works i don't know why people keep on trying to do it but <laughs> Finish your scripts before you produce the movie. Damn. Uh, because you can tell because there's a moment when the dad is dead, right? And he's going through the waters and he kind of just explains, oh, you got to stab the heart. I'm like, how, first off, how the hell do you know that? Second, because nobody told you because they killed you for asking questions that they weren't going to a- answer. That's why they killed you. And then, like, why are you sharing this information that has nothing to do? Like, your daughter, like, you're supposed to have this heartwarming moment with your daughter. But then you kind of just like 
reveal information that doesn't mean it's a MacGuffin. He's a MacGuffin. And I thought that was kind of stupid. <laughs> also, when the ships are going through um, and they're blowing up the Endeavor and they're just like shoot, they're so they have a the Flying Dutchman and the Black Pearl on either side of the Endeavor and they're just shooting through it and they don't magically go through the ship and hit each other like it's a cool shot and it is probably the best shot in the whole movie of watching um cutter just like go down the steps and everything's yeah. just blowing up all across him and he's so calm like it is literally the best shot in the movie but like that twinge of like they're showing either side getting blown up yeah. it's like okay so how did the flying dutchman not hit the flying the black pearl the that's like of disbelief <laughs> mm-hmm. i couldn't yeah. suspend it <laughs> enough yeah <laughs> and, well that's it that was hard for me too in a lot of scenes, but you just kind of like, okay. Exactly. It's a movie. So I guess like it happened, it's like you have to suspend your disbelief so much throughout the movie that, like, I guess by that point, I had reached my limit of being like, I can't suspend it anymore, bro. I'm in space at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, and there's also just way too many plot lines in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they yeah. have like the Flying Dutchman, uh, they have like his curse, right? So uh, Orlando Bloom's got to become the new, uh, the new captain. They have Calypso. They have um, the map. They have to get Jack Sparrow. They have to, because uh, he died. And then you have um, the whole love thing. And then you have uh, Barbosa's uh, thing. He's betraying everybody. And everybody's got their own little deal going on. It's, there's just so many plot lines that I felt like they just couldn't give enough information to all of them. Because you can tell, there was another plot line with um, Jack and Cutter about the yeah. pirate, pirate yeah. um, brand. I was hoping they'd talk more about it, and then they didn't. Yeah, because obviously they knew each other and that there's like undertones there and they kept on teasing the undertones, but then, you know, they just never mention it. Mm -hmm. It's a three hour movie. Oh my God, it is. It is a long movie. (laughs) And it makes sure you know it. Exactly. So um, I gave this a 3.5 out of 5. It's not terrible. I I do like it. I just feel like there was just too many, there was too many liberties that I had to go with and there was just too many things that I just was like, it's taken me out of it. So, but yeah, 3.5 out of 5. Okay. I feel like you guys are a lot more forgiving than I was. Um, <laughs> I I it's it always a, the case, Beth. Yeah, I gave it a 2 out of 5. 2. I really just, for a number of reasons. The main reasons, the, or the, I should say the biggest reasons for me was... The the one that actually because originally I rated this a three out of five, but I went from a three down to a two after I saw them getting married in the middle of a fucking war. <laughs> I was like, this is too cringy. Now we're like, this is some notebook shit. Like, what the fuck? So I originally had it rated as a three and then I changed it to a two after, just because of that scene. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah I, I forgot about and that too like, when I rated it. I do. And then they're like fighting. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, hey, you just uh, have Barbosa screaming in the background. I don't pronounce you man and wife. Oh, speaking of Barbosa, he came in fucking clutch. He was my favorite character oh my in the entire movie or in the t- entire franchise. Let her fly straight and true. And then right off the cliff. <laughs> so good. He's he, the, he plays it so well. Um, but I, I agree. It's, way too long of a movie three it was almost three hours and it was just there was a lot of points of the movie that i just felt weren't necessary unless of course they're brought up later in the other movies 
I actually have not seen the other movies after this. I actually never seen this movie all the way through until now. Um, I always watched like I would always get to this one, watch the first 30 minutes and then I would get bored and <laughs> just stop. So I finally sat down and I watched the whole thing and I was like, well, that was a waste of three hours. But there was certain there was some things I did like, you know, I liked where the uh, captain's walking down the stairs and everything and all oh, yeah. the explosions are happening around him. That's cool. You know, from a film perspective, like just looking at yeah. Yeah. how fucking difficult that was probably to do. Um, that was good. And I also liked, you know, Jack Sparrow versus Davy Jones. That was that was a fun little fight. Um, I do feel like they just kind of missed. Fashion. I feel like they missed. Oh, what's the phrase? Missed the spot. Missed the what's the fucking missed no, the not missed, the, missed the mark. Thank you. They missed the mark with Davy Jones this episode, like this movie. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I just felt like he became this like wimp almost. Whereas like I feel like the last movie they made him this terrifying creature, and then it's like now he's just like. You see a softer side of him, I think, on this one because yeah. you see his heart was broken and all that. He was in love. And- oh, that that I was fine with. It was more of how he was around, like the other captains and stuff like that. I just felt like he was. He just felt like a side character, and I was like, oh, I thought I I just thought he was going to be more of a main character than he was. I mean, he, he kind of becomes like the secondary antagonist. Um, yeah, he he nice. he played a role towards the end of the movie, but I just was surprised how much he just was kind of there in a lot of the scenes it felt like i don't know it was just me i think it has to do with a mixture of you know like cutler controlling him to the point that it's like he's no longer this independent legend that you should fear he's just a tool of the east india company emasculated him yeah essentially emasculated him um you're also seeing that vulnerable side of learning his story of so and whatnot um Mm -hmm. And I think when he first meets with the other captains and whatnot, it's it's that um, I don't remember how well they covered it in the meeting, but they Davy Jones, you know, like the other pirate captains were the reason Davy Jones was able to steal Calypso away um, in the first place. Like he had their help. Mm. So um, which is why, you know, like Calypso didn't wreck his shit. You know, she cursed him, but she didn't like wreck his shit, you know, many <laughs> yeah. years later kind of thing. Um, but- I really didn't get was the reasoning for everything. Cause like all of this, right. Is a product of, Oh, Davy Jones is really pissed off because his love was supposed to be on. He can only step on land once every 10 years. And she wasn't there on the very day that that was supposed to happen. And like the reasoning behind that was, Oh, you would, you, you love me. If I, if I had shown up, you wouldn't have loved me. Like what kind of reasoning is that? That makes no sense of, Oh, it's in my nature to not show up on the day you're the only day you're allowed on land. I, I don't get it. That made no sense whatsoever. Okay. So that's where Disney messed up in that they didn't um, fully capture one of the versions of the story with Davy Jones, because what he believes happened on that one day, he set foot on land. He believes that Calypso wasn't there because she left him for someone else. She was cheating on him with someone else. Um, and that's why he chooses to, you know, kill her. But um, instead, she curses him. Well, wow. A misunderstanding. All of this could have been solved had someone did some communication. <laughs> yeah. That's the theme behind That's the movie. Communication is key. Yeah. Um, um, it also depends on the version of the story that you are trying to tell with Davy Jones. I actually only found this out because I was looking this up 
um, in regards to like, you know, getting some more facts on the movie and whatnot before mm. I um, followed up. I think the only other, uh, the only other things I had problems with in the film, right? They're not, even, this, th- this one's not so much of an issue. It's more of, I feel like they could have ended it here and it would have been perfect. You know, yeah. everyone kind of, all of their, their strings are tied. And then they untied it and they're like, oh, we're going to have two more now. And I, if they had ended it just here at three, I would have been, I think I would have been just satisfied with just the three. But I don't know where they're going with these next two because I haven't seen them. But um, I just, um, I just don't think they were necessary. Sure. Um, so they didn't correct me if I'm wrong. Because I I didn't get to like this was the one of the ones I wa- I rewatched before we discussed it tonight. Um, correct me if I'm wrong that we Jack's father mentions the plot line that ends up being what the fourth movie's about. Barbosa does the Fountain of Youth. Okay, I'm just going to say my last thought here, and then I am I am done with my rant. The only other issue I had with this film and why it is so low is because I it's along the lines of what Isaiah was saying earlier where i just felt like they it was just plot twist after plot twist after plot twist where everyone was just betraying each other to the point where the surprise factor just wasn't hitting me i was like well you're just gonna betray that person so what does this matter (laughs) kind of a thing and i mean it was fine at first but after like the fifth betrayal, I lost count. I lost, I got, it made it hard to follow. I was like, wait, who's with who now? I don't, what's going on? So that was the only other thing. Other than that, I mean, the fights were still great. CGI, special effects, practical effects, music, acting, everything. Chef's kiss. That's, that's the only beef I have with it. A chef's kiss out of five. (laughs) Yes, that is my rating. Jose, you want to plug no. yourself? <laughs> plug myself. No. You can find Jose on OnlyFans.com. He does content like with Lou at OnlyLose.com. Oh my God. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Two baldies. Bald men with beards. <laughs> mm-hmm. And baby oil. <laughs> and baby oil? Is that what you yeah. just said? <laughs> I said it. He said, no shame. <laughs> no, I've I've got uh, nothing left to add to that, but I do want to say thank you for for having me be a part of all this. Well, thank you for joining. You are a refreshing um addition. Refreshing, yes. Just like yes. the Blackbeard cocktail. Ah, yeah. look at that little tie. <laughs> Isaiah, you're fired again. <laughs> <laughs> This was an interview to replace me. He is now. This is just. This is just an interview. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Big announcement. So. Mm -hmm. Isaiah's out. I'm in. Um. Okay. Well, thank you guys uh, for listening to today's episode. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify at Silver Screen Sips, and Twitter at Silver Screen Sip with no S. You please email us your movie suggestions for our listeners' episode at uh, silverscreensips at gmail.com. Our next episode for that will be on October 3rd. And um, that is all we have for you today. Thank you again, Jose, for joining us. And um, we will see you guys next Monday when we watch On Stranger Tides. How strange. Hell yeah, brother. Wow. Great outro, guys.
It's about to be a strange time out here on the sea. Clever. That was <laughs> Jose, just give us one straight mid and we're good. Say what? Just give us one straight mid and, and I'll stop recording. I think we're never going to stop recording. <laughs> Come on. You can do it. Oh, no. I don't know. Jose, is our, okay, is our podcast straight mid? Mm. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 That's better than what Ellis has said. 